This is my own private domicile and I will not be harassed! Bitch! Gangsters, what's up guys? What's the grant to a motherfucker like me? Can you please remind me? Get the world by the tail! Fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. Cute as shit. Oh, 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 skip, skip, skip. If you don't chew big red, then f you. That's so horny. Could you imagine if I hit the old water pipe with that thing? Oh. Great cash, homie. Three, two, one, let's fuck! Everybody's got to hear the shit on W Balls, W Balls, W Balls. Welcome back to another episode of the Do Not Listen to This Podcast. I am your host, Sam LaCrosse. Can you dig it? I can. And welcome to another very, very special, always special episode of the Do Not Listen to This Conversation series. Very, very excited for this one for always. I don't like to have boring people or people who I think are shitty on my podcast, so I put good people on my podcast to serve both you and to serve me because talking to a non-fun person, as a lot of you guys might know, is not very fun in general. So that is always a good thing to have. And this week is no exception. So I have my good friend and co-worker at the company that shall not be named on this medium, uh, Kevin Ramos here today. Ramos, not Ramos. So, Mr. Kevin, thank you for hopping on, good sir. Great pronunciation. I, I love the hype. I'm not boring. I, I, that's a great compliment in my book. Yes, How are you was, doing today, Sam? I'm good, man. I was, I was actually going to ask you, I think, is there a reason your name does not get pronounced with like the hard A? Is it a Cuban thing or is it, or, or what is it? Well, uh, it's a Spanish thing. So, Spanish thing. okay. Right. And, and Spanish is like super straightforward where, so the, the vowel sounds for A is just A. And so you would say uh -huh. Ramos. Okay. And uh, yeah, I guess just to, you know, honor the, the tradition, the, the heritage, I keep it as Ramos. But uh, it's up to interpretation for sure. Once it's, you just, it's just the gringos fucking it up all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the sound of Ramos better. Ramos sounds... Yeah, I do too. Weird to me. It does sound weird. It, it does sound weird. It sounds like you're Polish or something. I don't really like the sound of it either. I know. I, I, I usually can tell apart my good friends and my like acquaintances by I'm, how I'm, you pronounce my last name. Yes, and so. I'm very, very happy I was able to pick it up earlier than, than normal. I think I was able to pick it up on either the first or the second time, which is not very usual for me, but I was able to for some reason. I'm very glad about that, so that's good. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think... Um, the reason I brought Kevin on today and I brought you on today, Kevin, is not just to, is not to talk about your last name, even though we can talk about your last name further, <laughs> seeing, seeing what all that does. Um, it's that, you know, I was really kind of, we had struck a chord very early, not just because I think we're very similar people from a values perspective, similar people that we work at the same company, that we kind of talk about the same things or interested in the same things. But I remember I was when, because you came on later at the company than I did, I believe you came on, I think slightly under a year ago at this point. And we're kind of just, you know, learning the ropes and everything. And I always like to be someone who reaches out to people who kind of says like, hey, like, let's just even, you know, talk for 30 or 45 minutes or whatever. And I believe, and you can feel free to fact check me on this. I, like when I brought you on, I brought you on just to talk on Zoom or whatever, like we're doing now. And you are now in California, but we both live out in Austin, Texas. Now you're from Miami, currently in California, but we both live in Austin. 
which is kind of interesting. And so I brought you on and we kind of had a very extended 30 minute conversation to like an hour, if I remember correctly, about kind of a lot of different stuff and everything. And I don't really know how it started. And I'm actually curious to if you see if you remember how to do this, it kind of like meandered and typical we're both sales guys. So we can tend to do this on occasion, but we ended up on the topic of modern relationships between men and women, kind of some insecurities that we both have. And a lot of men are currently dealing with and women, I would assume, but basically we're both guys. So I mean, mainly men on the subject of kind of dating, you know, the opposite sex, all that kind of stuff and everything else. So does that ring a bell? Did you kind of remember how that went down or am I totally off base on that? No, I am. I almost forgot about that, but I'm I'm so glad you brought it up. Yeah. Because it almost feels like we foreshadowed this moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was weird because I think you may have been one of the first people that I met on, on the team and, and mm-hmm. um, in the company and definitely the, the best conversation I had so early on. So I knew we were going to be great friends, but I can't remember why it came up. I, I, I know it's, it, it's, I think it, it started off with um, like improving yourself and, and bettering yourself. Yeah. And, and to me, like dating you know, it can be related to so many other areas of your life and it can connect to your ideology so well. So I think it was just a natural segue in, you know, having goals and going for what you want. And I think I, I mentioned that I, I learned a lot about that through dating because mm-hmm. essentially you got to go for what you want and, and yeah. make sure you're honest with yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that was what it was. Well, it, it was also, I think, because, you know, you came from like uh, it to be crude, like hot girl city in Miami, Florida, and then you moved to like hot girl city 2.0 in Austin, Texas. <laughs> and that was kind of like, and you're in California now, so you're just like fucking following yes. at this point. Yes. So it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it was interesting because you came from an area like Austin, where we currently live right now, that's really just kind of popping with a lot of young people, obviously a lot of attractive young people, you know, you know, all that other kind of stuff and just an evolving social scene and everything else. And it's kind of weird to kind of think about that you have experience in not just in the age bracket that we currently are in but in kind of the demographics and the geography of the people we are in and I think that was kind of what struck me in our first conversation so why were you so open to discussing something especially something like that when it really I think it causes and you know this might not be the right word but you know it causes a lot of shame for men I think in particular and again I'm not a woman so I guess I can't speak on that but for men, I know it kind of, you know, when, you know, you kind of are getting confronted by all of this and you say that, you know, oh, wow, like, you know, you suck with girls or you don't suck with girls, you do like whatever. And you kind of are hit with the, with the wily e. Coyote anvil from like 50,000 feet about, wow, this fucking sucks to talk about this. So why were you so open to discussing that when you, when you barely even knew who I was at that point? Yeah, good, good question. I did <laughs> barely even know you well for one I'm pretty honest and that might have been on my mind at the time and it's a it's a common it's a popular topic in in my brain for sure so I think about it pretty often um but again I just I feel like I talk to a lot of men and you know either they're already good with women and and that's obviously a minority and they don't even have a need to talk about it because they're just naturally good at it. But there's others who avoid the conversation, avoid the the dilemma of, you know, there is a competition out there. And, you know, we are all striving to get the best match for ourselves. And at the end, not trying to settle for something that that doesn't um, serve us and it's not for us. 
but that's not that's easier said than done i i always had this feeling that us as men we settle for a partner just because you know we're we're <laughs> definitely led by attractiveness by sex mm -hmm. and how you know looking for those things it's easy to settle for for something that's not meant for you like i said because we're we're looking at the wrong things and i don't know i just think it's it's a very interesting like when you ask that question to men to see if they're even aware that they're doing that right and if they'll like even admit like you know am i happy with my dating life yes or no and i think a lot of men would say no so or even if I, I yeah, I was saying, or even like I need help with this, or I want to seek improvement in this area of my life because I think, like you said, as men seeking help in general is just a complete you know clusterfuck for most of most of us in the first place, and in that area, I would say it kind of compounds on itself in a way. I think a hundred percent. That is something very hard to admit. Like I'm, I am not dating the girls I want to date. I mm -hmm. am not uh, dating at the frequency that I want to date um but it, it's possible and it's out there and people are doing it so it's almost like maybe i'm not there yet but but i know that it can be done and it might be uncomfortable but this is what i want and and why not go for for what i want and again that's how the ideology crosses over so i'm super comfortable talking about it and i like to bring it up to people because i think it's one of the easiest ways for me to share something that can branch out into many different conversations and can really tell me a lot about your personality, but also I do it to try to, to, to try to help. Um, if that's something that people feel like they're struggling with, especially obviously men. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's very, very interesting. You know, I had never actually thought about it in that way where you said you kind of correlated the, the male side of the dating equivalent to improvement in a sense. And I never really thought about it that way, but I think that's actually a very, very accurate statement where they say, they are, you are not, in, let's just say abstract this to any domain, you are not happy at point A, and you want to get to point B where you would be either happy or more content with where you are from point A. So, and I think dating is a very, very, you know, it's a very interesting, and the relationships between men and women, they're very, very interesting in terms of that kind of component, like you said, because, you know, the reality for, I would say most men out there is that women aren't going to be interested in you if you are not interested in that concept of your personality. Like if, and we're going to talk about this later, obviously, when I sent you over those questions, but if you aren't trying to, I would say for lack of a better term, self-actualize in a lot of areas in your life, if you're not trying to be better than you are and transcend, and we've turned, heard a lot of people like from Jordan Peterson to whoever else say about, you know, kind of improving within yourself to improve with other people and to improve that reciprocity of people that can match that type of an energy from you. So I think that's actually very, very interesting. And I think that I was going to ask the next question kind of, you know, about where does the shame come from, but I almost want to ask it now in the lens. Do you think that a lot of the shame that men face in modern dating is related to that fact that they don't like where they are and they don't want to look at it? Like, I think that's kind of what a, what a lot of this is, because when you look at where you are, whether it's with, with your work, with your financial situation, with your parents, with your siblings, with women, and, or whoever else, men in the inverse for, for, you know, our homosexual brothers and our women friends, you know, it's kind of everyone else where it's like, you know, I do not like where I am, but I don't want to waste the time to look at it. And I'll fully admit that's kind of where I am with a lot of this other stuff. When I, when I, when I kind of feel that shit, sense of shame 
It's because I know I could be doing better, but I'm not. So do you, so I want to let you expand on that, but do you, I think that's a really, really interesting connection there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely there's shame because and they're already admitting that they're not happy with where they are. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it may be a young person thing, but, you know, growing up, you just kind of do your thing. You're, you're yourself because that's a advice we're told growing up. But there are a lot of soft skills and a lot of, um, and it's almost like a game and, and how you present yourself and, and how you reciprocate another person's energy. These are like very soft skills, very social skills that if you're not very natural at that, you 100% have to learn these. There's no way you're going to violate this rule. Like it, it's just a, a game of who you are as a person, what you bring to the table and how you let people treat you. Right. And, and for me, and maybe like a lot of other men, that didn't come naturally to me. I was always someone that was really nice and would love to give my time and energy to people just because I thought, hey, I'm doing good by someone. And this is such a great quality that I have. Like it should only attract more people to me. But, but it wasn't the case. Even being the best, what you think, version of yourself might mm -hmm. not be the most attractive version of yourself. That's um, right. Yeah. But again, I guess kind of to answer your question, the shame comes from them admitting that they're not, or I guess not wanting to admit that they're not in a bad place mm -hmm. um, and not even knowing that, that those skills can be practiced on. Like if you say, oh, I'm, I, my dating life sucks, that's it. You put it out there and you can attribute it to your looks. You can attribute it to your personality. Yeah. And then that's it. Then you feel like, okay, there, I have nowhere else to go from here. Like now everybody knows that, that my dating life sucks and no one's going to want to date me ever again. And no, but you have to be honest about that, but that's the starting point to, to getting better is what I think. Yeah. And I think, you know, from that sense, it's almost like, you know, you're giving, I do agree. And I think you would agree with this as well. I mean, we're salespeople. We kind of do this all the time. I mean, we, we go out and we give our time to people just to give our time to people because we genuinely want to build relationships and we want to do this. But I think the key element that a lot of men and a lot of people in general that kind of overextend themselves by doing this is the reciprocity element to it. Like, you know, you're, you're giving that time, but you're not getting anything back in return. So you're way overextending yourself to way too many people. And you're seeing very, very little returns, obviously, because they're not Met, for lack of a better term, matching your energy back towards you. So I think it's a very, very legitimate point that I think it's hard to see the link there, but when you do, it's like kind of like an oh shit moment where you're like, oh wow, that actually does matter more than I thought it was going to. Absolutely. And I'm glad you you drew the connection of sales and there's so many good connections to make with it. But essentially when, when you're selling, you would like for that client to to buy something, but you can't go in there, you know, over-invested with that being your only objective, you really have to come off neutral and, and see what this client really wants. Um, and, and, and have a clear, clear head on where the conversation is going and, and really listen. It's not, yeah, uh, you know, sell, 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 buy my product. Um, yeah. so yeah, great, great connection there. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's good because, you know, I think that's actually kind of a, a unique way to kind of look, I mean, you know, it's, this is probably to sound douchey as shit, but I mean, like sales has so many good analogies and so many other things, but I think, you know, kind of going in, like, I mean, you go into a first call with a customer and you kind of go in and you talk to that person and 
if you come in every time expecting like, this is the one, this is going to be the sale. This is going to be the thing that I'm going to close this thing right away. And it turns out that they're just not interested in buying whichever product or service you are trying to sell them. That is going to be a very, very crushing thing time in and time again. You kind of have to just kind of approach it from a very, not apathetic, but to your point, I think you used a good word, we use the word neutral, a neutral point about a lot of this other stuff where not a lot of people can do that, which I think is a very, very important thing because it leads to a lot of unnecessary disappointment and discouragement where I don't think it needs to. Yeah, yeah, and people feel the energy. And yeah, I mean, in, in our case, like we, we're in a great company and we sell a great product. So we have something to give. So yeah. then why would we go in there like overly enthusiastic like I'm, I'm here to help you and yeah, you can help me back. But the, the main thing that's going to happen here is, is I'm going to give you my time and try to figure something out for you. So if, if you don't have the right attitude, if you don't have the need for this product, that's fine. There's other people out there that are, and man, I, I can't think of a, a more closely related statement to dating than that. Like, yeah, I've got something to give. You've got something to give. Um, and if you don't, then there's other people out there and I, I don't have, you know, the time to waste on negative energy on someone yeah. that's not interested. Life is about being happy, man. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that, um, and going back to that, I think it's, you know, going back to a little bit of the shame, the kind of the taboo around it. So why do you think it is so taboo for us as men to discuss these things publicly? Because I think you know, either you'll get caught, like, I mean, obviously, like the easy ones, I mean, like men are Neanderthals in a lot of ways, like, they'll just be like, oh, that person's just a cock or whatever, they'll kind of say like stupid shit like that or whatever. But when, you know, the vulnerability aspect of kind of saying, like, I am struggling with this, and I think even with like, you know, because we set out, it's, it doesn't happen this way with a lot of friendships, where you kind of, you know, can approach, you know, one of your boys and say, like, hey, I'm really kind of struggling with this. I mean, you and I, our relationship kind of started with that. So it's easy to kind of bring this shit up with you or kind of all this other place. But even with some of my, you know, my longest term relationships, it's, it's kind of, you know, difficult to bring that out of myself and bring that out of the other people. So in terms of the, the publicity of all of it, where do you think that taboo comes from? Does it come from a different place or the same place? Or I don't know if, if you would think it comes from the same, but I, I, you know, I think it's kind of at least a little bit similar, but I think it's also a little bit different. I think, I think it's also, well, I mean, again, the shame of just admitting that admitting that your dating life is that not sucks. the best in public. Yeah, yeah it, it, it feels like an attack on your personality, what value you have to offer the world, your attractiveness. But then I guess on the other hand, too, it, it can come off as um, like being a player and then that you're going to be playing these games with women and that you're going to yeah. be this alpha and oh, basically act uninterested and all of these like misconceptions. And well, to, to some degree, they're not misconceptions. That was like how the dating advice world started back oh, yes. in the day. Oh yes. Um, Absolutely. With all the, all the pick up like that that book, and the red pill and the, the game red pill and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's, there's shame definitely from what it says about you or what you think it says about you. And then, like, I guess being labeled as a player, as playing games, and then thinking that people then are, you know, if they, if you find a nice girl that they're going to, like, know that, I don't know, that you're, like, trying to get better, or you're, like, using techniques yeah, on her, you yeah. know, that's, it's a, it is a weird feeling, for sure. Yeah, because I remember, I remember distinctly the feeling I had the first time I bought a program for an online dating coach, I kind of just, 
I remember I got, I was at a point, and I don't know if I told you about this ever, but I got to a point, I think in the middle, uh, like my junior year in college, where I just said, I'm so fucking sick of feeling like this. I'm, I'm fucking sick of it. Like I'm done. And I just said, I literally Googled like how to be like better with women or something. And I got like this YouTube video popping up and everything. And so I just devoured this guy's content. And I'm like, and he had a, you know, kind of a course series or an ebook or something. I think it was an ebook actually where, you know, you can go in and do all this other stuff. And, you know, it was, I'm just like, you know, I, I remember just thinking, am I really about to fucking do this? Like I'm invest all this money and all this time and doing all this other stuff. Like, this is just like, how low can I stoop as a man where I have to kind of right. do this kind of, you know, investment in whatever it needs to be. But, um, you know, it is kind of something where you have to really think about, you know, do you want this area to legitimately get better? And I think it came down to like, do you want it to get better? Or do you want to stay where you are? Because that's what it came down to at that point. And I remember I'm like, you know, well, it's scary to do that. And it kind of is really kind of an interesting aspect to go out and venture out into that area. But, you know, it's, it's whatever it is, it's gotta be better than fucking feeling like this all the time. That's kind of what I, I like, I didn't, I just remember, like, I mean, I don't even know what's on the other side, but it's gotta be fucking better than this. A hundred percent it is. And that is how most people, you know, get into that um, dating advice world. Like, you just got out of a bad relationship. Yep. You lost a girl that you, you were head over heels for, or you really liked. Um, and maybe she liked you at one point and, and it's just, you know, it's, it's hard to, to understand what happened. Um, but yeah, it's good that, you know, you get to that point because there is something. And for me, I, I got to that point. Uh, um, it happened for me in the exact same way. I, um, I was having the same, it wasn't only that I was at my lowest, but I was ha seeing the same patterns and the same reactions from women. Mm -hmm. um, so I was in, like, in, okay. And how they would like, you know, respond to you basically. Is that, is that what you're saying? Okay. Exactly. And how things would end with me and women, um, which also sucks is it's like, okay, I know I can get women. I'm, I, I know I'm good enough for that, <laughs> but why, yeah. why can't, what, what is happening uh, that, Things are not, um, you know, fully pulling through for me. So, but then when I saw that it was something consistent, like it was like a similar type of response. And I'm like, okay, so clearly th there's like a structure to this. There's like a rule to right. this. It's not like I'm looking at these videos and getting fed BS information or playing games. Like, no, th yeah. someone's playing a game and it's not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know these rules. <laughs> So, so clearly I need to, I need to get a, a handbook or something. Um, what, with a, which, if you don't mind me asking, like, yeah. who are you getting advice from? Like what course did you buy? Dan Bacon. If you've heard of him before. I haven't, I haven't. He is, I believe he's Australian. I think he's, I don't think he's British. He has kind of that, that deeper, like the, the Australian accent to it. I think he's from Australia, but uh, nice. so he is uh and, and, you know, he was, um, and I think this is an interesting topic too. Like he was really, really kind of good at the foundational level. But I think I say this to people about self-improvement all the time, where it's like, you need the purpose of self-improvement and the self-improvement industry is to eventually not need the self-improvement industry anymore. It's eventually to not need the stuff that got you from point A to point B. So I think at a certain point, it's very, very useful for a lot of people. Like self-help is very, very useful for a lot of people. 
I think, you know, and especially depending on what area of their life that is, whether it be relationships or work or business or whatever it might be. And I do think that dating advice and kind of people like that, if they are, to your point, having good intentions and they're not crazy, like, you know, men's rights activists or red pill people or anything like that, where they're mm-hmm. kind of feeding you like toxic uh, information about women or whatever. But, you know, the purpose of using that type of material is to use it as a bridge or a trampoline or whatever to get you from that point to another point and eventually to say that served its purpose, but I'm done with that for now. I might have to go back to it, but for now I am there and I am okay with all of that stuff, which is, um, which I find, you know, to be very, uh, very interesting in a lot of ways, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, every, every course and every one of these coaching things is essentially someone's perspective um yeah and i've again i've been following stuff like that for a while so i used to follow them like to a t and either and being someone you're not won't work either so it's it's more like you have to have your mind attuned to these ideas but it's actually going to take even longer to incorporate it to your real personality and kind of still be yourself while these things that you're learning are clicking for you and and how you can incorporate them in real life. I agree. I agree. And going back to kind of the, like you said something that made me kind of think about, I don't know what it was, but it it was kind of like, you know, it kind of spurned this, this next question, but from our vantage point, maybe because we have a limited vantage point because, you know, you can only be one gender and we are guys. And so, um, you know, it's going to be, you know, this seems to me at least to be a uniquely male problem, at least from my vantage point. Like, I, I don't like, I, you don't see a lot of, and I could be wrong, and I'm not looking in these places, obviously, but there's not really a, like a YouTube, like rabbit hole to go down <laughs> how to get guys to pick you up at bars type of thing. Like it just kind of happens from what I can, or, or wherever it, it might be. So um, it seems to be a uniquely male problem, at least from my vantage point. And I want to kind of either validate and check that with you. Do you think that is the case? And if you do, why do you think that is the case? Yeah, I think women have a a bit of a different problem, or I guess problem from their perspective. There is, I think there is just just as much out there for them. Um, There's this guy, Matthew Husey or Michael something like that uh, yeah, like, yeah 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 i know what you're talking about i don't know you, if it's the name right but i, I know the guy yeah. yeah 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 i'm i'm sorry to that person for butchering their name but he's a regular, he's yeah. a regular listener he'll forgive you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so um so yeah he has a lot of videos and they're mainly aimed at women and when i've looked at these videos they they're mostly talking about how to get a man to you know respect you and and value as a woman and not just as a you know a hookup so you know for them it's almost like you already got the guys it's not getting the guys that's the problem it's how do you you know assert your your boundaries and assert your value so that that they're not only looking at you for sex for superficial stuff right and that you're you know they're valuing who you are and and making you feel loved and and connected and, and and all those great things that to women i think come more naturally than than to us men um which is i guess a good segue to my other point women are just naturally better emotionally um at picking up nonverbal cues uh body language yeah seeing who's interested um and and they just 
being approached all the time. So they have all the practice in the world. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it's almost like, you know, information overload at that point, where they just kind of have, you know, they have their pick of whatever they have. It's just a matter of just sifting through the garbage and to, you know, kind of, you know, sort of find that kind of thing where it's like, okay, this person might be actually interested in what I have to offer to them as not just kind of a hot girl at a bar type of thing. And it's kind of, it, so it's a different challenge. And I'm, I'm glad you've done that because I think it's like, it's a different type of connection that I think, you know, men and it's that this is why this is so interesting, in my opinion, because we're coming at it from two very, very different lenses. And it's kind of like all kind of, you know, and I think this is why there's so much disconnect between the two is because I think each side is in aggregate, not great at understanding the other. So it's like kind of coming right. from a woman's perspective. And, you know, a lot of people, I think from guys who are not, I would say, as far along in their improvement journey as some others, or, you know, not as far along, whether that be, you know, spiritual or financial or emotional or whatever that might be there, they keep wondering to your point, you know, there's a pattern here. Why is this happening? And, you know, you, if you could see it from that girl who just rejected you, her perspective, it's like, well, you know, I talk to like five of you every day on Tinder and you, none of you is differentiating yourself in some way where it's like, you know, you have all of these things that you are saying, but you all sound the same and you're not really being polarizing in a way that would make you think or make me think of you excuse me differently than I would of any of the other four or five whichever guys that are in her way right absolutely um right and I think it's funny because like the the nice guys and you know a lot of guys have their their life together and are, are nice and great people to meet if you meet them as a friend but Th those same guys I think would be great in relationships and would give women that other um, side of love that they're looking for, which is a true connection, someone who values them, blah, blah, blah. But you need to know how to get to that point. That is like a secondary wow. stage. The, the yeah. first stage is, 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 you know, coming up confidently, making things exciting for women, making things fun um, and, and not so, so easy. Like they all want that kindness, but they want to work for it. And, and so do we as men. It's, it's not just a women thing. It, right. We want it to be like a mystery. We want it to be like a story unfolding. Um, and we want it to be exciting. Just because you're, you're a nice person doesn't mean you're, you're a catch. It's a yeah. really fine and, and specific balance between being a great person, being a nice person, being kind, but knowing who deserves that and acting like, you know, what you have is, is great and not everyone deserves it. It's kind of like where those boundaries lie, who deserves this energy and who doesn't, not everyone does. Yeah. And I think it goes back exactly to your point earlier. It's like, you know, there are a lot of nice guys out there. There are a lot of really hot, especially where we live. There's a lot of nice guys out there. There's a lot of hot women out there. So it's like, what are, what is the, is, so we're dealing with in terms to use a very dehumanizing business analogy, we are dealing with relatively undifferentiated products in the aggregate. And it's all about what your unique competitive advantage is that's going to set you apart from everybody else in terms of both being a guy in the situation and a girl in the situation. So what, what are you bringing to the table that is relatively different that I can kind of latch onto where it's like, okay, it's not just another, you know, girl or guy at a bar type of a scenario. And I think that is why every, or it's a big reason why. And I think it's, you know, dealing and spinning it up into, I think, a more aggregate type of question. It's like, 
looking at all of this and like even the conversation we just talked about, like, I mean, you and I have kind of talked about this a lot. So, I mean, I think we kind of get where each other is coming from, but as an outsider listening to this, and I think a lot of outsiders listening to like people who are talking about this in general, whether that be a podcast like this or a YouTube video or friends or family or whichever, it seems at least at the first glance to be very complicated. And I've heard from like talking even with my parents about this or my grandparents about this. And I have a theory about this individually um, that we'll get into next, but it seems to be more complicated and convoluted and muddy than it ever has been. And in at least some areas, I mean, there are other areas where it's like, you know, you didn't have condoms and birth control pills and all this other shit back in the day where you had to really rely on those things to really, you know, get you out of trouble if you were in trouble. But um, there, it seems to be very, very complicated and a very, very difficult landscape to read a lot of the time. So as someone who has, you know, kind of really taken it upon themselves to invest heavily in learning about this issue, who struggled with this issue, what is your opinion on why this is? Uh, well, so much has, has changed, right? Yeah. With, with technology alone and, and social technology. Um, from like cell phones to then social media. And it, it's a good question because I, I don't really know how, it, my answer doesn't make me feel entirely good because obviously, you know, our, our parents are, or my parents are married, yours are as well. And yep. you know, a lot of our parents are, are married and you'd like to think that they're happily married and they made the best choice for themselves. And, you know, maybe they did, but, Back then, when you're largely relying on your neighborhood, your school, um, th that's it. That's your pool of, of dating. And think, yeah. There, yeah, there's there's so many fewer options back then that it, I don't think it even allowed the the idea to flourish that there's, you know, more than one option for you out there, that there is someone that you can click with better and that you don't need to i guess go with the, the first person you meet um now there's just so much overload of of social media and and apps dating apps and i mean it, it's just blatant that everyone's looking and you know you, you shouldn't settle that that there's more people that you could see so yeah that and and then <laughs> the older generation seeing that is like you know, you guys are, are being indecent. I don't yeah. understand people today. And it almost becomes a bit transactional. Um, like where you go on a date, you don't see them again. You kiss, maybe you, you hook up, you, you sleep together and, and that's it. You don't speak anymore, but yep. yeah, I guess people are, are just like meeting their needs, getting what they want from an interaction and still understanding that true fulfillment and true connection with someone is, is, is a little bit harder to find than previously. Yeah. So I think you hit on, that's actually a great point in terms of like the novelty aspect of everything where it's like, you know, it, it's, a, it's almost like a commodity. You are kind of hitting that undifferentiated products and we've kind of talked about everything else. And the earlier point that you had is the crucial one, which I, in my opinion, is the most crucial problem with all this. And I say all the time to people that I've been, and this is actually a more recent revelation than I've had, the crucial distinction between dating now and dating at any generation previously is it is a problem of access. So for example, uh, you moved to Miami, were you born in Miami or did you emigrate from Cuba? 
Yeah, I, I was born in Cuba and I moved in 2001 when I was six years old. To okay, okay. So you've been in a relatively big city in Miami basically your whole entire life, correct? Right, right. Okay, so in my world where I came from, so I'm from Northeast Ohio, from Cleveland, you know, Steel Town, manufacturing, cold weather, 50 cent beer, cornfields, all that other kind of shit. And it's, you know, Cleveland was never Miami. It's never going to be Miami, all this other stuff. And I think that, you know, kind of looking at where my grandparents and where my parents from both sides of my mom and my dad's family tree is that, you know, basically you looked around to your left and to your right in your high school, in your church community and whatever community you want to see. And basically what you see is what you got. Like, I mean, it's basically like, you know, you can try to you know, move, I, there's a stat that I that I, I still can't believe is real. That at the end of the day, most people never move more than 40 miles away from their parents, which I think hmm. is astounding. So I'm so it's like you have it's a, even though we like to think that a lot of people are, especially where we live in Austin, it's kind of you know a lot of different people from a lot of different areas. It is, but that is a far away exception and not the rule because a lot of people, and I think this is why we see things like you know the way people vote, the way people talk about things, the way people see the world, everything. It's all kind of, that's why demographics I think in America are so important is because generally it's kind of just a hive mind that kind of feeds off itself after a while. So previously, a lot of people could not have that access to people where, you know, basically you can open up your hinge and see every woman in Austin, Texas in like, if you, if you had, especially if you have like premium or whatever, you can probably swipe through a hundred people in probably about five minutes if you really wanted to. So it's kind of, you know, it, it's, it's an access problem. Now it's like, it's kind of what we were talking about with what the challenges that women have to deal with earlier, where it's a problem of it's too much. And you, your brain is really not meant to compute all of that. But I do think that point about novelty and the point about, you know, okay, I'm just going to for lack of a better term, use this person to get what I want out of either a sexual fulfillment or just a, a fun night out of the town or doing something else. Um, I, I was actually watching, uh, I was watching the episode of The Office yesterday where, uh, where Jim and Pam get married and then Dwight sleeps with uh, one of Pam's bridesmaids and then he treats her really coldly the next day and he basically tells, tells her to fuck off the entire time after they, after they fucked that, that night before. I thought that was actually very pertinent to this conversation today. <laughs> but, um, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's, it kind of hits both sides of the argument where it is, a problem of access and a problem of novelty, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a great fact about people not moving more than 40 miles. That's crazy. It's wild, isn't it? It's, yeah, but it's, it's, it's um, not too much of a surprise. Um, yeah. People hate the unknown. People hate being uncomfortable. Yep. Um, and that's exactly what we're talking about here. You know, getting access to the this information getting to know like you know there is a a rule to this is only the the first step then you actually got to go out there and and try this out and right. be willing to get rejected and it's scary every step of the way even just saying hi to a new person after you haven't been this way your whole life super scary um yeah so definitely it, it's like People don't want to be uncomfortable. Um, but in, in the case of before, it, it was that and, you know, also the, the public and social shame. So I think there's a lot of things working to, to our advantage right now with the Internet and, you know, social media. That mm -hmm. it, It's become more of a fluid thing and it's become more of an exchange. Um, and, you know, as competition gets better and as more people get access to stuff, I think 
that that message spreads. So no one wants to get left behind. Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting because you know we we talk about these and we all with, with any problem with anything that we encounter in our personal lives or a societal problem we always want to point the finger at someone or something and I do not think that is the solution in nearly any of these problems. Like you know you say like blame the president, blame this person, blame my ex girlfriend, blame this or blame blame this guy at the bar, blame whatever. And there are certain cases where those things are true in my opinion, but there are very very few and far between. So in terms of this overall problem, and I do believe it is a problem where people are not getting into serious relationships with one another, getting, you know, in, into they're kind of just, you know, for lack of a better term, like just feeding off of one another and spiraling into kind of this nihilistic void of, you know, men and women relationships and all this kind of stuff, for lack of a better word. Um, I would say that the responsibility of this crisis is on primarily men, for not, you know, to your point, wanting to look at what they are having the courage to look at what they're improving, even though that is hard to do. I'm not saying it's not hard to do or it's easy to do. But do you think that there is a role that women have played in this kind of issue? Because, you know, I, I do think there is merit to that as well, because, you know, a it takes two to tango, literally and figuratively in some of these situations where it is. And I think that it is a men and women problem that they have contributed to all this other stuff. But I think in terms of the trends that men initiate more, men are the ones that kind of instigate all these uh, discussions and conversations in most part. I believe it's primarily a male issue, but the role of women, I think, is interesting in the responsibility of kind of this modern day Gen Z dating nihilist, nihilistic void, I think. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't, wouldn't say they've exactly contributed to it, I just feel that, you know, in the last 60 years, there's been so much social change that that change itself has, you know, has been hard. It's been a new playing field and everyone's getting adjusted. You know, men are getting adjusted. Men used to be getting paid more. Now women get paid equal or, or almost there. I'm, I'm not more exactly this is, Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. Um, but you know that was that was hard to to cope with. I'm I'm sure, and yeah, that created some changes. And then, you know, with feminism and and political correctness, which is you know not a women led thing. It's it's the right thing to do, but it's created a lot of confusion and it's created a lot of, like more variables to consider that can actually scare men into not being themselves. Admittedly so, there, there's, um, there's a lot of toxic traits that men, I think, have carried for a long time. Sure. And while they may have been somewhat manly, there was, you know, it's toxic ma masculinity. I truly believe that. So now it's, I think we're getting to the point of how do you keep your masculinity and how do you show your strength, your, your confidence, your ability to take decisions, your ability to lead while not being toxic, while still having a soft side, um, that, that's been, I think, the biggest challenge, um, you know, that we want to be in this ideal, perfect, equal world. And, um, and, and it's really just something we're, we're not used to. It's a new, new programming. Yeah, I, I think, it's interesting because I, I disagree with you on the toxic masculinity part. I think, you know, cause I have, I just have a different phrase for it. So I call it toxic immaturity. 
And I call it toxic, basically like a lot of people, like, you know, it's a lot of, because men mature much later, I think, than, than women do, especially now where you have like, because you, you go back to like, you know, to your point with about feminism and everything, like we don't want to go back to mad men, like mad men was bad. We do not want to go back right. there where, you know, women right. are getting like sexually assaulted every like 5.6 seconds inside the office and everything like that. We definitely do not want that, but we also do not want to castrate ourselves to where we completely rid ourselves of that masculinity and i think it's kind of coming into a more mature aspect of this because masculinity is basically the defining characteristic of men and immaturity is the defining characteristic of boys so it's all about kind of transcending i think that gap to mature into a healthy masculinity and kind of what masculinity i think should be because i think it at its core it's not a toxic thing although if you take it to an absolute or an extreme where you're like, you know, raping, you know, Beth from accountant and, you know, every like two seconds in a madman type of situation, then you don't, that's definitely not a good idea, but you definitely don't want to be like a simp either. It just kind of gets walked over and everybody else, you kind of want to strike that healthy balance to that point. And I think that um, with everything that is uh, kind of, you know, going in that direction, I think it's, it's, it's very interesting to kind of see everything that's kind of working in, in tandem at that point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, madman for sure is is i think the image that everybody thinks about yeah it, it really opened my <laughs> eyes because <on it>. <laughs> well because i remember I, I was i was asking i don't know who i asked about this it might have been i think it was my mom because my mom and my dad got really into mad men at some point i'm like mom was it really like this back then she's like oh yeah I'm like, what and she's like yeah so it was it was crazy yeah, yeah. i mean maybe different cultures it was a, a bit different like in other countries and stuff sure it is wild that that was that was america back in the day but no I know. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, immaturity or toxic masculinity, whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever you want to phrase um, it as. Yeah. It, it was, it was the norm, you know, and, and yeah, all the men were doing it. So who, who was going to do something different? Like, um, and essentially now we're at the point where, um, I mean, these were our grandparents sucks to say, and yeah, yeah. raised our parents. So, you know, having such a different worldview um, and, and so much changing now, no wonder they, they can't understand. But I think we're moving in a step into the right direction. And essentially, there will be like a sweet spot where we acknowledge our differences, um, but still, you know, show, show up as our best selves and show those great traits that each uh, sex has. I agree with you. I agree with you. And on the, it brings up an interesting point because on the topic of, because what we're essentially talking about is like, I think switching standards of how men and women should interact together. Like, I mean, it was a certain way they had a specific benchmarks to hit back in like the sixties and seventies. And then now it's much different to all your point with all the social change that's going on with everything else in terms of how people interact with one another, you know, gay marriage, feminism, all this other kind of stuff that's kind of come up in the last couple, you know, whatever. But I, I want to ask and go back to the point about standards. So there is a lot of talk about an unrealistic beauty standard, quote unquote, for women, which I do think is real to a degree. I do think that especially with Instagram model culture and OnlyFans and porn and a lot of other stuff, they kind of, you know, a lot of women look at these things and a lot of guys, obviously, because we're more attracted to a woman visually at first, we're like, holy fuck, that is kind of the 
ideal type of thing where we want to go after. But at the same time, women who might not be at that caliber or even, I mean, if that caliber even exists, because a lot of, you know, they're with off with Photoshop and shit like that. I mean, who knows half the shit's real anyway. They're kind of like, you know, what, what the fuck? We're kind of getting gypped here, which I do understand because I remember um, I'm very, very hard on my guy friends, especially when they are, because they're like, you know, oh, you know, you know, fuck women. Like this girl curved me, like whatever, all this other stuff. I'm like, you know, so I'm like, dude, like you are, you're lazy. You don't work out. You don't put yourself out there. You don't do everything else. And this girl is doing her best to look good and, you know, act, act respectfully and do all this other stuff. So at the same time, there is an unrealistic beauty. And I'm like, dude, you, you need to level yourself up like 500 times before you can even, you know, attempt to shoot your shot like this. And so that unrealistic beauty standard for women, I believe is real. Although I do believe, you know, in traditional femininity, all that other stuff where I want my girlfriend to look good and I want her to kind of take care of herself and everything. I think it's a basic thing that both women appropriate onto men as well. But I do believe that there are also, and you know, there are a lot of women that complain about this understandably, but I also believe that there is a inverse to this and an unrealistic standard onto men as well. And it's kind of like what we talked about earlier, where women now they look up to again, like people who have guys who have YouTube channels where they have like 10 cars in their parking lot in this big ass house in your home country of Miami, your homeland of Miami and California and all this other shit. And they're doing all these things. They're spending all this money and they have all these clothes and watches and all this other shit. And I think it's kind of getting appropriated down to a level where it's like, okay, if you don't have that unrealistic standard of having your shit together, you are not worthy of my time, which I think is a dramatically unhealthy thing. If both men and women have both those really unrealistically high expectations and standards for a lot of other people, because in reality, we're just people. I mean, there are going to be extraordinary people in both men and women, and there are going to be people that are like that. And it's just kind of a sucks to suck type of situation. But I want to get kind of, you know, your opinion on whether you believe one, that those both exist on the men and the women side, and if they are indeed too high of standards for both men and women. They a hundred percent exist. Um, yes. Are they too high? I don't know. I don't know that that's a, a fair, a fair question. Even I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. what's out there on the market. You know, it's right. just on the beauty thing. I think, I think a lot of what we're talking about is sucks to say, like just evolution and and the things that yeah. we yeah. found attractive as we evolved, and now these. Um, these programs are ingrained in our, in our brains of, you know, easy to look for signs like, you know, having large breasts. So you're going to be able to breastfeed a child or give more nutrients. Biology, man. It's a, it's a motherfucker. Right. It works. Yeah. I don't know how the relation there is exactly, but, but that's how we it's are wired. Strong. I mean, you know, if you look at what men find attractive and what women find attractive in men, I actually read um, a great book about this is, um, uh, the hunter gatherers guide to the 21st century by heather hying and brett weinstein it's a great great book and they've talked they're evolutionary biologists and they've talked a lot about this kind of stuff and i think um you know if, if you look like over time what men have found attractive in women it's basically to your point like are you healthy and of breeding age that's basically what what they look for in women and what women look for in men regardless of how you want to phrase this it's are you a, are you dominant in the social structure? Can you provide, protect all that other kind of stuff? Can, can I rely on you to be somewhat self-sufficient so I don't have to take care of you as a child type of person? That's basically what it boils down to. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but go ahead. No, absolutely. I mean, it's just these things were already set before us. Like 
this is how we survived. Um, can we become aware of it and, and, you know, not try to hold everyone to these standards? Sure. I think there's, there's ways to work around it, but, but again, it, it just goes to show that there's a, a something that, that each sex expects of the other. And right. the same for women expecting us to be successful. I mean, we were the primary breadwinners for so long in history. Of course, that that's not going to go away. That's in, in some ways what makes us a man to be able to provide, hunt, you know, defeat yeah. an opponent. So how, how could that go away? It just can't. That, that was programmed into them, too. Yeah, it's an identity um, thing at the end of the day. And uh, I mean, it, it's just it makes sense. Like whoever has the most resources can can have the most fun, can he who has the rules can get the best toys like why are we why would you not want to go do something better um make a better plan do a cooler thing than settle and again it's not the only thing but but it just makes sense like why why would you um if there's if you have this option then why would you go with the other one if you have a job paying you 200k and another one paying you 100k and they're essentially pretty similar most people are going to take the 200k one sure unless there's something you know intangible about the the other one but but you know i think it's a good point and i i do want to touch upon that it definitely is not the only thing um sure. and it could lead you down the wrong path if that's all you're looking for you can be really disappointed at someone else's other qualities and and yeah. figure out you know yeah. i don't really even like this person on like a on a human level, on a spiritual level. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes it is about just culture and, and where you came from and being having like a, an ease of being able to click with someone that you can't quite explain, but it's like, you know, you're very similar people and you get each other. Um, yeah. And those things you can't, you can't um, compare looks to looks can only take you so far. Yeah. But uh, you know, if, if someone has that and is, also good looking you're probably gonna go with a good looking person right um, over the, the one that isn't yeah it, it sucks it's just how, how life is but yeah we all play to our strengths we we we're given a hand and, and we just have to make the best of it yeah i think you it's that's actually very very interesting what you what you just said because it's almost like why shouldn't you want this like if you're a guy why shouldn't you want to be really successful if you're a girl, why wouldn't you want to have a banging body and go around and showing everybody that you have a banging body, like the whole type of thing? And, you know, I know that it's, it's kind of it's kind of almost a, a really tough thing to say to somebody because it's like, OK, well, just just, you know, if you're a guy, just, you know, go out and get a new job. Like if you're a girl, go out and, you know, hit the gym or you know eat better or do whatever. It's like and you'll get a lot of pushback for saying things like that. But at the end of the day, it's I'm actually I'm actually I think seeing the light a little bit here because it's like, you know, it's almost. I don't know if even resentment is the right word for it because it's like, you know, you, you kind of are animus towards the people that do have those things and that kind of do are really successful men or are really attractive women to other people. And not just to your point, having either a really good job or a really nice body, you also have a really nice personality and you're caring about them and you can, you can, you're not a board and you're smart and you can talk and you can do all these other things. And so it, it's, it's almost like the role of like an envy and, resentment in a lot of other people that kind of drive people nuts which is 
you know, it's a, again, it's kind of a sad thing to say, but it's, I think that definitely, definitely plays a factor to your point, which is very interesting. Yeah. And, and it just makes me think about, you know, I think ideally selfishly and, and logically again, like we want everyone to like us. We want to be the hottest person, the most attractive person, like who wouldn't, who wouldn't like that? And I think there's some really attractive women that can get a general consensus among men. Like, yes, she's attractive. We would all like to have her. Yes. With yes. some men. Yes. He's attractive. We would all like to have, have them, but most people aren't like that. Um, and that's okay. There's definitely stuff that's open to interpretation, beauties in the eye of the beholder and all of that, that definitely still exists. Some people find some things attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you and I talked about that like two weeks ago. It's like, you know, we, we find, uh, I think, you know, and I, on at least a physical level, we find very different things attractive in a lot of ways, which, exactly. which is, which, which is fine, you know, which, which is fine because at one point I'm not competing with you and I do not want to, because you are my friend and I do not want to compete with you in the, in the, in the mating landscape, but, um, in, in the, in the other, um, in the other dynamic, it is kind of interesting because it's like, you know, it, it's a, it's almost like a disconnect. You kind of are like, you know, like, really? Like, that's kind of what you, you know, you kind of do whatever and you meet a lot of guys. I think if they're willing to be honest about themselves, and a lot of girls, if they're willing to be honest about that. Like I knew a, um, uh, a one of my friends back in Boston, I remember uh, when I lived out there, um, she was basically telling me that she likes men who resemble bears, basically like big, giant, borderline fat type of guys that, you know, and she's like, and I'm like, that's very, very interesting. Like you're not attracted to like a typical, like Fabio type out of Italy or whatever. Like, why is that? And she's like, oh, I just like to feel safe and secure with the person I'm with. And I'm like, well, well, that makes a ton of sense. Like, I mean, I, I don't, I just didn't understand. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, well, that, that makes sense. I mean, there's a reason behind it. So it is to your point. It's, it's again, I, again, it wouldn't be what I want new, but I mean, I think it would be, it's, it's very different if, if people are willing to be honest and really tell you what they are, what they desire in a person or a relationship or whatever, you'll find a wide spectrum of different things, which I think is very, very interesting. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And for sure there's girls that would disagree with that very strongly i know i know that's why i was so shocked <laughs> um but again it's like i guess even the people who who have a consensus of being attractive there there is a fact that not everyone is going to value you not everyone is going to like you and yep. that's with anything again professionally socially um but there are people that do and and that's our goal to to find those people and cut our losses with people who are not we're, we're basically all pieces of puzzles trying to yeah. see if if something can connect there so either you find someone attractive and then they don't find you attractive or they find you attractive and you and you don't find them attractive so it's yeah. finding that that happy um coincidence where you both find each other attractive um and also both treat each other, treat, your, treat yourself well enough to where it makes sense. But again, I've, I've had situations where, um, you know, I've found someone attractive, they found me attractive, but eventually it didn't go anywhere because I, I didn't have, you know, that understanding of um, emotional compatibility, compatibility, like, yeah, right. You know, not giving myself away that easily and things like that so yeah it's about cutting your losses and about knowing who who is good for you who you can bring into your life but also you are proud to to 
to say that you're with that person that you are truly attracted to them on a physical level yeah i always have hated that like oh um looks are not everything which is true i i said that not too long ago but yeah yeah really you can have both things and there's yes. a limiting belief that you have to have one or the other no they're most you can have both things you just have to be courageous enough to go out there and find it to pursue be it. rejected um and you know value yourself along along the way yes yes i i agree with that that was that was beautiful so thank you for that that's the, that that's awesome that's good stuff that's why i bring you on the podcast um what do you uh so in terms of the the generalized scope of this so you know what do you think like this to all of this it seems a lot of people are thinking this is for what the term we used earlier thinking this is a clusterfuck in a lot of different ways and so what do you think in the end the long-term implications of this will be down the road do you think it's going to get get better do you think it's going to get worse do you think it's going to stay the same do you think we're just going to be confused forever like what toll do you see it having among people that are our age and and why Oof, good question I mean, I think hopefully it gets better. Um, okay. I think the information's out there. The more people like us that are discussing this, um, the more people will, will hear about it. Because again, coming from 60 years ago, the, these weren't conversations that were yeah. had. It's either yeah. had it or you don't, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's going to get better and that, that's going to be a good thing because we're essentially going to fulfill each other's needs better. Um, which is which is a great thing um but i guess it also depends too on on how much of a drive you have to improve this area or if you're even willing to look yeah um, back to that shame like are are like what are you going to do about your situation there are always going to be people that don't want to face the facts that don't want to uh get out of their comfort zone those people i i you know those are always going to fall behind in every in every aspect of life if you ask me yeah but yeah luckily like you and like me dating is an area that can bring a lot of pain so once you yeah. have enough pain there, there's just no way you're gonna you do and then you can become a very very uh toxic person that's unhappy and sure can later you know even if you do end up with someone can be just so resentful and that you know I, I'm glad I, I just mentioned that because that that is the biggest fear ending up with with someone that you didn't fully vet that you didn't fully you know do your homework on and say yes this is who I intentionally wanted to be with they have all these great yep. things um, they match my my list I'm attracted to them um it's, it's having that down so that later on, you know, you don't have a, a mind change. You're not like sour because secretly and subconsciously, like you're with this person, but they're not everything. And you see other women out there while you're dating and you're like, shoot, like that girl's hot and fuck, you're mad. <laughs> right. Like we want to yeah, avoid yeah. that from the start and save the other mm -hmm. person the pain, save yourself the pain. Yeah. Um, you know, Give it your best shot. Know what you want. Go for it. And, and don't settle down until you're for sure that you're with the person you're supposed to be with. Yeah. I think I, I always think when I when I hear somebody like, you know, say like, oh, I, 
I really fucked up like my marriage or who I'm, you know, in a relationship with now. I, I don't know if you've seen the movie Ted before, but it reminds me of that part in, in Ted where um where Mark Wahlberg and 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 Ted are at the aquarium and he like basically he, he kind of appropriates all the things on the fish. And so like there's a sad looking fish in the aquarium and he's like, and they all say, like, oh, I married the wrong woman and now I live a life of regret. Like that's all I think of like everything else where he <laughs> kind of does that. And and I think there do you think that is like how how many marriages do you think actually exist like that do you think it's a big number i i don't i don't even like to think about that sam i, I know i, I know yeah. it, because essentially like it, it is a big number i think it is too and that that's saying that you know some of these people you know some of these marriages i, I know i know <laughs> you do um so it's not wrong like yeah it's a it's a level of self-awareness that uh is is new like it's something people weren't considering like before you just got married or you were with someone and you were loyal to them like um so there's people that that even figure out that fact like oh i'm not happy in this relationship and we'll still stick it out which is going to be bad for the relationship and and for both people involved and cannot then start affecting your your personal life your other areas yeah. of your of your life that had no relation to it because you're just so unhappy and not doing something about it. Yep. Um, yep. Which is okay. I mean, I, I think it's great to break up as shitty as that sounds. It's you're I, doing I, agree, I agree with you 100%. the best yeah. for you. Like don't lie to yourself. Um, yeah. There's I, well, there's a balance with that. There's obviously a lot of hardship and, and maybe that's a, um, alludes to the problem we were talking about where people don't stay in relationships because people don't like run at any hardship yeah it, it, um, and it's a balance too it's you don't want to be so picky that you end up with nothing but you don't want to be so lowbrow that you're just gonna scoop some random you know john or jane off the street and say okay like this is it basically absolutely yeah absolutely <laughs> And, and man, it, it, it's just very complex. Like you have to be so yes. self-aware. Um, and I think you, you have to be a person that that achieves and is, is looking to improve whenever you get into a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, like, because clearly even that, like you can be unhappy or you can have trouble with someone, but still knowing that, that, they had all the qualities that you were looking out for is good enough to keep you in that relationship because it's something you can, you can work on. And, and that takes like such a high level of maturity and experience with so many other different things in life. Like dating is not easy. You have to, no. you have to be the best version of yourself and it's it takes creativity. It takes experience. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think, you know, one kind of final segue I want to, you know, have on that level. So on an individual level, because I think, you know, solving, I'm a very, very anti-solving problems on a group level type of person. I think that that reminds me too much of, of Stalin and then I get fucking thrown off to whatever. So I, I, you know, at the individual level and, you know, I can, I can offer kind of what I try to do. To, I'm still definitely not there yet, but like, you know, I've, I've done some things that have helped and that have worked. So what, advice or steps could you give men or women about if you have i don't know if you want to you know say say both sides of the equation or whatever about where to begin with alleviating this problem on that individual level so for men and for women what would you say are useful like small habits or exercises that you could say 
would help build up both sides of the equation. Because I think if it is both a men and a women problem, which I think you and you and I agree that it is, there are obviously two sides to every equation, even though we're men and we're speaking from a male perspective. You know, if if men and women don't get better collectively, we're going to have another imbalance that's going to create a whole fuck ton of other problems. So, you know, what what advice practically would you give for men and for women if you have it on how to how to start helping themselves with this problem? That's great, and I think a, a great way to conclude. Um, well, first. Everything is about you. You are your, your number one priority. You are the most important thing. If yes. you don't take care of yourself, if you don't value yourself, no one else will. And you won't be a happy enough person to come into a, a relationship to even, you know, demonstrate a good mood, a positive attitude, and just be someone that's happy to, to be around because more than friendship, like relationships are an integration of, of your lives and your deepest thoughts fears you got to be happy on your own that's that's the first fact you've got to be happy with your life as is number two is know what you're looking for and be as specific as you want as unrealistic as you want because at least then you know that's the truth right at least then you know this is what i wanted and if i have otherwise then that's fine i can compromise in some areas but I know these these are the things that were important to me. At least you gotta not be able to lie to yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And three, I think, um, cut cut your losses. Like everyone deserves attention, energy, happiness. When someone else is not giving you that, look look elsewhere because yeah. yep. because someone is is going to value you. Um, and, and that's the most important part and where I messed up a lot in is wanting everybody to like me. And, you know, when, when someone that I really liked didn't reciprocate it, I thought it was the end of the world, but no, it was just that they weren't the person. Um, yeah. So yeah, just, just know you have something to offer that someone else would really appreciate it and don't settle for, for any less. Cool. Well, that's, uh, that was awesome, man. That was, that was great. I really, uh, I really appreciate that. And I think, uh, that's a great way to end. So I would say, uh, thank you, Kevin Ramos, not, not Ramos for coming on the podcast. Brother. I always appreciate it, <laughs> man. That was awesome. I had a, a lot of fun talking about this and, you know, I, I talked to about this a lot in my personal life and Ooh, I actually, I, I would say, I actually have one more point. Go ahead and finish. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just saying, I'm, I'm glad that this is the, the first time that I guess I'm officially talking about this because really at this point, I, I do feel like I can help people. And I do feel like that I'm aware enough of what's happening, at least to give advice. My dating life's not perfect and I'm not afraid of it. Yeah. Yeah. I can differentiate from good and bad and I can, I know where the areas that I'm improving. So yeah, I was, oh, I was going to say, so this is now your first time talking about this, I would say, in a public fashion. You got you and I have discussed in terms of you doing this in some kind of medium in the future. Like, is it is that do you do you is that something you still want to pursue, like doing a either something, you know, where you're offering this advice to more men who would potentially want or women who potentially want it? I mean, man, I, I get so pumped talking about this. Like, this is easy to talk yeah. to you about. Yeah. Um, and it's literally been years that I've I've been on this journey because it's been so good to me in so many ways. Like it's definitely one of those things that it just feels right. And I, and I'm a very people 
person, people-oriented person. So, you know, I would say it's it's a very high possibility. Um, my my where the areas that I'm looking to improve in in that industry. Um, I don't, I don't want this to be like very anecdotal. I don't want this to be subjective. Right. I, I want to give somewhat a, a better clarity. Um, and, and this ties to a book that I've been reading, um, The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Yes, you know, I've heard of it. I've never read it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Awesome book. And, and man, I think it's really life-changing. I, I got the recommendation from like an Elon Musk reading list. Oh, cool. But but you know a lot of these social things um because they're so new and kind of reminds me of like sexual education for for a long time yeah you know there, there weren't things that were really proven um so i want to i want to have a more like scientific basis and and have facts that you can at least go with um but at the same time man a lot of this is experience based and um you can derive from situations you've you've had so trying to find a, a good balance of where i have enough experience and, and things that i can draw from but also like know that i, I have my facts correctly on how humans really uh react because this at the end of the day it's it's all about psychology right um and yeah. psychology is a science so yeah hopefully using some some facts from there and, and things that are known about human behavior i can add uh, an interesting element to, to the day yeah i think we'll uh, and you know we'll be all over promoting after you read my book the value of economics study of identity which is coming absolutely out in two, week, two weeks from this tuesday june 28th on um, 2022 so uh you're already on that and you've been so great and i'm excited man so yeah we'll, we'll come and uh we'll, we'll come and help blow your shit up so one uh do you have uh do you want to plug your social media any insta, insta i already follow you but like any instagram anything like that if you don't want to you don't have to but I always want to sure kind of sure yeah Follow me. I, I love the publicity. <laughs> the, so my Instagram is Kevin Cito. Um, and that's with an S and I spelled that wrong. Cause in Spanish, it should have been with a C. So it's Kevin Cito with okay. two underscores after that's my Instagram. Um, just follow me there. You don't need my Snapchat or anything else. <laughs> no, I was about to say, we, we, don't, we don't want the, these people up too much. You all like negative seven people to listen to this up and you're up in your shit too much. But um, yeah, Kevin, you know, thank you for coming on, brother. I really appreciate it. And uh, to the uh, to the people out there uh, on the day, open your mind and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hell yeah. Thanks. Hopping, stopping, hopping like a rabbit. When I take the Nina Ross, you know I got to have it. I lay back in the cut, retain myself. Think about the shit and I think it well. How can I mix my grip? And how should I make that nigga straight?